to Up To and Including Death. My name is Dr. Patricia Brewer. I'm John Brewer. And we are here late and not <laughs> sorry. You're very late. Hi, Charlene. <laughs> We've been getting some, some spicy messages. Not too spicy. A little spicy from Chucky telling me that we need to do our podcast. Yeah. It's not that we're trying to not do the podcast or falling off. I think the podcast is still like very much part of our life. It's just that I have been very sad. Fair enough. And I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> like, I mean, we've had a lot of changes, and it was the end of the semester for me, and it's currently the end of the semester for you. Yeah. You're a big boy. You did all your final exams. Basically. And he has to do two presentations tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then he'll be free, almost. Yeah. Because you have to reply to people's presentations. Oh, yeah. It was that, too. Man, 20-minute presentations. Good luck for you, bud. Thanks. Do you know what I have to do tomorrow? Nothing. Nothing at all. I fell down the stairs on two separate occasions. So I fell down one flight of stairs twice on, or two different one flights of stairs twice on uh, on Sunday, looking for our cat, Loki. Yeah. Would you like to tell the people your experience of our loss of Loki? He's fine. He's back. You were like, oh, he'll come back eventually. Yeah, cats do most of the time. Yeah, except Loki is not an outdoor boy. Yeah, he would have come back. He was halfway there. He was halfway there, but he's all the way dumb. <laughs> he hid in someone's crawl space. Yeah. I did. I had to do a B&E. Yeah. You had to call the cops. Yeah. I mean, you were doing a B&E and I didn't want you to get arrested. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I did break in. I don't think... So basically, Loki ran... Uh, he's just yawning over there. He's so cute. Um, he ran under a crawl space that had clearly not been entered into for some time because mud and rocks had gotten in and then hardened behind the door to the crawl space. So there was only about, what, six inches, eight inches of leeway? I don't know how yeah. I got in and out. After you worked the door for a while. I, I worked the door for a while... It was hard to get my boobs in. That was the hardest part. This is the, the big the big shock of the podcast. That you got Pregnancy tits. boobs are still here. <laughs> they're all the same size as before. Do, just big are tits. they? Yeah. Is this what they wear before? No, they're not because my bras don't fit. They're still a little bigger. Mm, not by a ton. Still, you don't even... You know what, what a half an inch does to your bust? Madness is what it does. Beauty. Beauty. <laughs> That's why he hasn't gotten rid I was, of me. I was trying to be a sexist there, and I couldn't take anything. Oh, honey, you, could, you don't know how to be sexist. It's cute. Mm. At least not when it's recording. Um, <laughs> anyway, I've got some ice on my arm because I uh, landed on my arm for one of my falls. I felt I landed on one wrist the first time and one arm the next time. The arm ended up, I had like an actual, something that looked bigger than a goose egg on my arm, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah, it was pretty pretty large. It was pretty gigantic, and finally, you were just like, you gotta get some ice on that. And then I like, was texting people about it, and like, my sister-in-law, Elena, was like, I showed this to Drew, and he said, you need to get, <laughs> you need to get ice on that. And if you, and it's, and Charlene really wanted me to get it uh, x-rayed. I didn't get it x-rayed, though. No, but I told you you should have put some ice on it, but no, you have to come from someone else, right? <sighs> I was going to do it, but we were out. We were like, yeah. we 
We went yeah, out to the arcade. Yeah, you didn't show me until we were already out for a while. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was like, hey, look at this. And here's the giant thing on my arm. I'd already texted, like, pictures of it to, like, a lot of people. I've been showing this, like, bruise to everyone today. Even I had a work meeting at Michigan Tech, and I met with my boss there. And I was like, look what I did yesterday. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> I'm the queen of TMI. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's going on. Uh, but we are here. We are committed podcasters. It has been a year since we started this podcast. Yeah, that sounds right. I think we missed the official year because yeah. someone keeps skipping episodes. Yep. And we are doing repulsion, even though I'm repulsed by the fact that we are doing a disgusting sex yeah. pervert. Um, uh, I think and this I think was before that, he was a sex pervert. Yeah, the con uh, the. Uh, the rundowns of this film, I'm not sure you're going to like it much. Okay. I mean, I just looked at a brief thing, but why don't you tell me what it's about? Well, the quick tagline is, a sex, a sex repulsed woman who disapproves of her sister's boyfriend sinks into depression and has horrific visions of rape and violence. Well, John, I don't think you can get much worse than showing me the woman losing her pregnancy right after I lost my last pregnancy. Uh, well, I guess I'm trying. You're trying? This, this, was it. this was not my doing. This is... The critics of uh, horror films. Yeah. I'm interested in this, and in, um, especially as I've been thinking about, like, the representation of women by these creeps that we find out later that they're big creeps. Yeah. Well, did and they ever so find out? Because, like, like uh, The Last House on the Left was, like, holy shit. Who wrote that? I don't know. That's why I was wondering if there was anybody uh, suspect in that movie. Well, let's look it up during the... Um, during the uh, the break because that's 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 kind of the the classic rape revenge movie. Yeah, I don't know if this is a rape revenge movie. Have we seen Last House on the Left? I don't know that I've I seen have. it. I don't think I I've don't seen think it. I've ever recommended it to you because you said right on you don't like movies that have rape in them, especially movies that rape is the thing. It's like this is the thing. This it's is the, the action that's moving the plot along. That someone is afraid of being raped or is raped. That's one of the reasons that like. I really liked Outlander to begin with, but a lot of the plot relied on the rape of both the female character and the male char- one of the male characters. I'm just like, I, I feel like the real world is bad enough, you know? I don't want that in my books. But I hope that this that, that film put a, a tinge of worry in a potential rapist mind. Yeah. Because it's off the wall, like... Revenge? Yeah, yeah. I think, like, revenge rape is it. Re- not revenge rape, but, <laughs> yeah. like, revenge is Of good. rape. Revenge That's... of... It's like, I do think that, like, revenge movies have their own place. Right? Yeah, it's kind of like like the Nick Cage movie, Mandy. Oh, my God. That's... Mandy. So good. That made me think of Last House on the Left. That completely changed my opinion of every Nick Cage... Every movie he's ever made. Because I'm just like, I feel like I get it now, and I really want to watch that movie that where he plays himself. Oh, the new one? Yeah. Uh, that'd be the, fun. The one I really want to see is Willy's Wonderland. We really should watch that. Is it I a think horror? it's on our list, yes. We should probably watch it. He does it. not say a word in that movie. Well, it sounds like it'll be good for podcasting. Well, he's the lead character. <laughs> yeah. Maybe make some grunts. Uh, okay, so tell me more about this movie. You gave me a little tagline. Well, I've got ice on my arm. Well, you already know that it's... Uh, Directed by Roman Polanski. Rapist McGee. And famous co- raper of children. And co written by Roman Polanski. Oh, wait, what? Oh, because there's a different. Okay, there's two writers I can Gerard Brock wrote oh. it with him, too. Yeah. 
And then David Stone did the adaptation and additional dialogue. I read that this was his first English movie. That would probably be why he would need help with the dialogue mm-hmm. and adaptation. Mm-hmm. And it stars Catherine Deneuve. Yeah, she's a famous lady. Deneuve. Sure. Uh, Ian Hendry, John Fraser, mm-hmm. and Yvonne Forno. So Catherine Deneuve is the only one I've heard of before, but I suspect yeah. that some of them will look familiar. Possibly. Usually that happens in these 60s yeah. and 70s movies. You're like, hey, I've seen movies it's like that, They dude. look like every person in the 60s and 70s movies. That's the yeah. Well, this is on our list because it is a Metacritic, very highly rated film. Yeah, is this number four or five? No, we're further down than that. Oh, yeah, because we, did we skip a couple? We skipped a couple that did not look, that... We skipped the one that was like the two and a half hour long Russian, Polish one? Russian one? No, I can't remember where it was. It was from. like the Verkmeister harmonies. Yeah, because the problem we couldn't is, find it, and it was very long. Because uh, the Metacritic list will clump up everything that has horror as a genre listed. Yeah, and that was like had like four genres listed, and the fourth one was horror, but it yeah. did not look like a horror movie. Yeah, where this one's a drama horror thriller. Yeah, which is like right. And it's Roman Polanski, so it probably is a horror movie. Yeah, but the Metascore is a ninety-one out of a hundred. So that means ninety-one percent of the. Critic reviews have been positive, according to right. Metacritic. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 95% and an 86% audience score. But with only 10,000 plus ratings, which that's I guess, like, quite a bit. for such an old movie. But there was, like, 100,000 ratings for Shot of the Dead. Yeah, that's because that's a popular... It's a good you know, movie. It's a good one, you mean. Yeah. Like, IMDb has this 53,000, and it's 7.6 oh. on, for their users. Okay. So it's a little higher on Rotten Tomatoes, which doesn't happen often. Okay. But, uh, well, tell me what the critics say. I'm curious. From Andrew Saris of the Village Voices, Repulsion is the scariest, if not actually the goriest, Grand Gugnoli scene since Psycho. Oh, it's Grand Gugnoli. Have we seen this before? No. This word, Gugnoli? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> there is one negative review of the top critics okay peter john dyer of sight and sound says the rest of the film has that gurgling <laughs> soapy sound of muffled intentions going down the plug hole like bathwater gurgling soapy sounds yes yeah. please i want to hear this one that talks about denov uh Deneuve, as the woman whose fear of sexual contact is at the base of her neurosis has seldom mis- been less like her icy self oh okay yeah she's kind of famous for being like beautiful and cold yeah. There's another review of Tim Roby of the Daily Telegraph said it's been an inspiration ever since for films about claustrophobic hysteria, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in a good way. Huh. That's an odd thing to say for a positive review. Yeah. Another one. A film that expertly shows without ever telling, mm-hmm. even while the symbolism is a might heavy handed. Now, how many films have we seen recently that have claustrophobia as like a major thing? Because I've wow. seen plenty of horror movies. Where it's like basically inside of a house, right? Especially I think oh, in this like, in the sixties and seventies, it's a popular thing of you know like you know rear window or something. Where we're just stuck inside. Oh, you'll see that especially when we get to the Stephen King room fourteen oh eight. Oh yeah, I think that was fourteen oh eight. I might have my number wrong, but the John Cusack Stephen King adaptation. Wait, there's more John Cusack Stephen King ap- adaptations. He's so good. He, I feel like he's like the, one of the perfect ones. Well, it was that one that everybody hated that we both loved. Oh, the Cell. cell. Oh. I was thinking about Cell the other day. You want to know why? Why? Because I don't know if this was on purpose, but it's Stephen King, so it probably was. Apparently, 
ants, when they, um, ants can get into a trouble sometimes where they've accidentally lost the, um, and they go on the death march. So yeah, they lose this, the pheromone sent to their anthill and they go on a death march in a perfect circle all you know hundreds and hundreds of ants yep. and you know what it looks exactly like is the last scene from Cell and I'm like what That's if they're actually on an, a death, death march and they're yep. not supp- not actually doing anything but they're accidentally on a death march because it's like they've lost the pheromone of what they're supposed to be doing yeah I, I wouldn't doubt that that's where Stephen King got It's that. so good. Because he would know, like, weird nature things. How death. many of these podcasts have we just started talking about how good Sal is? Since the movie, since we saw Sal. I don't know. We've probably just been like, let's ha- take a moment. This is the Sal corner to talk about how good this movie was that we thought was going to be terrible. Okay, so. Have you heard of this movie before, by the way? I had not. I'm wondering if I have seen part of it in my uh, childhood. Just because my uh, grandparents, Nan and Dad and Dick, were really into old-timey movies, and I didn't realize at the time how many of them were thrillers. Yeah. My, like, I'm surprised that they liked horror movies so much. My mom loved horror movies, too, but I don't remember. Well, I don't know if she would have. this would have fallen into her radar of horror. Yeah. I mean, I 60s. Think, I think the only, like, horror movie I can remember that had, like, rape in it, because I didn't see Last House on the left till I was an adult. Yeah. So that might have been something. But there was one called Mother's Day that was a low-budget 80s horror movie that is batshit. And it oh, has yeah. some crazy rape stuff in it. But that movie is insane. That mm. movie, I think we bought... They used to have packs of VHS movies at, yeah. at Kmart. Yeah. Where you get, like, four... Kmart? Ta- Where was the Kmart? In the mall. Oh, the Kmart was in the mall. Okay. And you could get like four shitty B-horror movies for $10. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was in there with The Dorm That Drip Blood and like <laughs> Slumber Party Massacre 2. And we saw Slumber Party Massacre 2, didn't we? I don't know. I've seen it many times. Okay. That's the one with the guy with the guitar with the drill in it? No, we haven't seen it. Okay. I think we've seen it on the um, on the Shutter Essentials list, and we haven't seen it yet. It's beautiful. Okay. It's, it's <laughs> Chef Kiss Beautiful. Chef Kiss Mwah. If you're talking about shitty B-horror movies that just are fun, yeah, that's fun. Mother's Day is not fun. No. No, it is brutal and and shocking. Oh, yeah. Like, you would think it would be on a list of those movies that everybody's like, holy shit, I can't believe this got made. There's a difference. It's such an interesting difference between brutal and shocking and fun or or good. Like, I think some, some movies you see, like, Rosemary's Baby, it's some funny lines, but it's just really good. But yeah. it's also terrifying in some ways, right? I think... But it's for, not like... For B-horror movies, there's, like, this line of, like too realistic in the gore and over-the-top gore yes it's like the difference between mother's day and and dead alive it's like dawn of the dead when you get like the guy's head slowly pulled off his body i mean that was fantastic yeah um because it was just so over the top it was dead alive where the guy walked through a horde of zombies with an upside down lawnmower yeah (laughs) that was good yeah that's fun gory yeah but mother's day was like realistic gore yeah, and I, horrendous scenes. I felt that way about The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. It was, the remake of it was just too gory, gory, gory. It didn't go on the other side of it. It just stayed in this, like, intense... and I, think that, I feel like that was a especially 2000s thing where you'd get... Or, like, those early 2000s movies where they'd just be intense and gory and nothing was fun. 
Yeah. Everything was horrible. Yeah. And here I was watching those and getting upset when I could have been watching Jason X. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> it, I think that's like, it's a split to the fans of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like you go one way or the other. You either go, this is going to be fun and crazy or this is going to be realistic and heavy. But tech, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre wasn't crazy heavy was it it's pretty heavy it's a pretty heavy yeah it's been a while since it, i know the remake was very heavy with no like yeah it's just, just dark and claustrophobic and yeah. the gore isn't like that's like real hostile. it's realistic gore yeah it's not like a trauma movie where someone splats on a wall you know <laughs> yeah but i mean i guess i understand that certain people like the realistic things like they I prefer do. a hostile Sometimes I like a realistic thing, but then I also like uh, Saw movies. I like it if the story's good. Yeah. Like, I didn't like Hostel that much because it wasn't much of a story. I but really like, hated the, the fact that the people died at the next one. Like, there's a weird thing about Hostel. I really hate the fact that Hostel 2, they kill the main characters from Hostel 1. But they always... I know, but the thing is, when Jason comes in and murders someone with an ice pick to the head in the midst of a Jason movie, that's kind of fantastic. Because it's it's not it's just absurd, you know. It's like, oh, okay, this is happening. Well, it becomes like the joke where this person survived an hour and a half of Jason in the first movie, yeah. And then Jason has like, ah, yeah. And also, though, in. like, I feel like in that first time, the the character in the Jason movie, uh, she like in the first movie, she's not. There's no like main character. She's just the one that survived. She happens That's, to she's survive. The final girl. She's the final girl. But there was not like a focus on her at all. Like, I would say that there was probably more no. screen time for personality-wise with other characters than her. Yeah. She, and she just lived. You wouldn't have guessed her to be the, the final girl, at you know, halfway through the film. Yeah. And so, but I think that there's a distinction between that and Hostel where it's like, you are following these two people as they try to survive for the entire movie, and then you kill them in the next episode. It's like, I gave, I mean, I actually care about these characters. Yeah, I don't even remember Hostel that well. I just watched it and I was like, well, that was that was like Hostel this. Two was brutal. I don't think I've, I've seen Hostel Two. It was. I mean, that's the one I complain about because Hostel One I liked enough to see Hostel Two, and and I don't like that it's like I can't. It's like I either want you to survive or have it be fun when you murder people, but not like I don't know. Anyway, so let me hear more about this movie that we're watching. Oh, no, there's a whole well. It was hard to find box office numbers, but Wikipedia grabbed them from somewhere. Yeah. It has like a $3.1 million box office okay. on a 65,000 um, pound spend budget. Okay, that's great that it had two different monetary. <laughs> I know. That's why I, th- I don't know where they're pulling these numbers from. Yeah. But like, um, that was probably about two to one in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So it would have been like $130,000. Okay. If I remember right. Yeah. I think we were pretty, up until like the last 15 years, it was like a two to one yeah. pound to dollar. Yeah. Now it's almost one to one. Really? Is, yeah. Oh, because of Bob Brexit? The, well, the euro, no, the euro has killed the pound, the English pound. Oh. But as far as I know, anyway. When I'm I no first went to expert. Europe, the euro was 99 cents to the dollar. That was a beautiful time. Yeah. Now it's, it's not it's like that. It's still pretty close now, isn't it? I don't know. I haven't looked at our conversion rates in a while. Let's okay, see. so you looking oh, some stuff look. up? John's it's, usually, look- it's, it's usually easy to find. John's looking euro. up music, or not music, yeah, money. It's uh, 95, 0.95 to one. Really? For, yep. A dollar's worth a little more than a euro. Oh, and is it like a dollar thirty for uh, the pound right now? Let me see here. English pound. It is 
80 cents now. Yeah, it's dropped like crazy. 80 cents to the dollar? Yeah, 80.8 pounds to one dollar. Wait, isn't it, shouldn't it be, oh, wait, no, because like one dollar. It used to be two, it was, I remember when I I was looking at these, it was two dollars and twenty cents to one pound. Yeah, but this is not, this is one dollar to point eight pounds. So it'll be one point six instead of two point two. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, cause when I first went to England, it was like that and then it kind of dropped. Um, but I was always very frustrated with my first thing. Cause like you go to England, the dollar, you know, your money doesn't go as far. And then some things are cheaper. Like you get a nice sandwich for three pounds, but like if you wanted a pizza, it still costs 18 bucks, which is, or 18 pounds, which it's $18 in the United States, except it costs you $36 for a GD pizza. <laughs> but that's only if you get. Like Domino's, which I did not. Is that do. is that gross domestic pizza? Yes, gross domestic GD gross, pizza. I said GD pizza. Well, we're talking economics. I said one. gosh dang pizza. Okay, so that was economics corner. Yeah, <laughs> only one thing to go to now. Yeah, I'm a little worried because I'm so gentle. But you know, this bruise is getting down pretty low, so I feel like I'm ready to hear about if this is appropriate for Loki, who is back. Our twelve-year-old boy is back. I'd I'd like to know who wrote. The descriptions on the sex and nudity yeah. in section, because they're they're great. Okay. Sex and nudity is moderate. Okay. Carol's nipples <gasps> and bare buttocks are vaguely visible through her thin nightgown in several scenes. Someone had a raging erection. Someone was hoping that sheer nightgown came That off. just was like the same people that like, you know, in Ju- Romeo and Juliet, the 1960s version. Okay. <laughs> She's and naked. <laughs> a woman wakes with only a blanket on her on the floor. Oh my God. And then... A woman hears her sister moaning at night in two different scenes. Oh my goodness! As she is having sex in the next room. Sex, you will intercourse. Now violence and gore—it's a moderate. Okay. Most of the woman's imagined rapists hold her down forcefully. In the last rape sequence, she knocks down a lamp while being. So raped. this is like famous rapist Roman Polanski writing a movie where this woman gets raped over just, and over again, but it's just in her mind because bitches be crazy. Yeah, bitches be tripping. But the thing that I <laughs> found weird about this is why is the fact that she knocked down a lamp even mentioned? Like How she's dare being, she? She's being raped and she's being held down. But she knocks down a lamp. Can you believe her? I know. Ruining a <laughs> perfectly good lamp. Uh, these survive in the spoiler section, so I'm not going to read those okay. ones. Um, for profanity, it's mild. Because oh. bitch is used twice. Oh my goodness. Only twice Roman Polanski is holding back. It's so funny because nev- like, I've never heard, heard you use bitch in a sentence. <laughs> besides when you read this to me. Because yeah. I don't think... No, I can I mean, use it more if you really want me to. <laughs> oh, do you want to try? No thanks. Uh, okay. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking is mild. People are seen drinking at a pub. Yeah. And a character smokes a cigarette. Oh my god. That's the problem, not the rape. Okay, frightening and intense scenes. Tell me. Severe. Ooh. This whole movie is an intense and frightening nature. Oh my gosh. The rape scenes are all brief and without nudity, but also realistic and disturbing. As the leading character goes insane, her hallucinations gradually intensify. There are a few jump scenes as well. Ooh, jump scenes. I like a good jump scene, right, Lola? She's asleep. Okay. Well, I'm pretty excited to watch a movie that has really nipples. And the bare buttocks of Catherine Deneuve. It may be her. It may be her because remember last time when we thought we were going to get Jeffrey Goldblum's young ass and said we got that like 80-year-old man's ass? Yeah. 
This has been banned <laughs> in a few countries, too. Oh, yeah? Which countries? Finland and <laughs> New Zealand. Huh. And uh, the UK originally gave it an X rating. Wow. Okay, because I guess it's about rape. But they changed it because womp womp. Womp womp. In UK, <laughs> the re-rating for the theatrical re-release was a 15 Really? 15. What happened in the UK between 1965 and the re-release? They're like, this isn't even a rated R anymore. This well, is like a 15-year-old can watch. Brazil has it as 14. So oh, okay. Well, Brazil, There's craziest yeah. shit going on in Brazil. And the US didn't ban it? Um, no, the US did not rate it because it was not theatrically released in the United States. Oh, okay. That's the only way you get a rating. Oh, yeah. If you're going straight to VOD, you don't have this to go through This didn't get them. rated. In, you did, I mean, it didn't come out in the U.S., right? Like, nope. this would probably wouldn't have been able to come out in the 1960s in the U.S. No, this came out only in the U.K., I believe. Well, that's the as far U.K. As, as a porn movie, because that's what rated X is, isn't it? Porn? Yeah, the, they cut it and re-released it, and they gave it uh, uh, a 15 for the theatrical re-release. Are we watching the rated X version or the rated 15 version? This would version? be a not-rated version. This okay. should be just the original... I want to see my titties. You're not going to see any titties. Damn it. Because IMDb caters to the U.S. audience, and they're just saying you can uh, see some through a sheer nightgown, and that's all for you. <laughs> I like that. It's like, it's intense all the time. I mean, the rapes don't show a lot, but <laughs> they're pretty scary. It's like, thank you. Thank you for that. Well, are you ready to watch some scary rapes? Yeah, I just, yeah, I guess it's better than women losing her pregnancy horrifically. Has, has that sentence ever been uttered? Are you ready for some scary rapes? Yeah. I'm sure that there's other husbands that have their wives watch these things on podcasts. So. It's not. Uh, it's what you're into, you perfect. Jesus Christ. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I, I think that, again, it's not normally what we do, but no. I'm into it. I mean, it's like we're watching a rapist movie about r- raping people. Yeah, if anybody knows the subject. And, not. of course, I'm sure he's like, secretly she wants it. That's why she's thinking about it. Yeah, I bet that's, that's the conclusion. Is that I she's going crazy because she wants to be raped? I don't think so. There was another little snippet that I accidentally read about the spoiler, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to be happy ever as, after. No, not. I don't know. I don't want to say. Okay, well, let's not spoil it, Mister. I won't. And let's keep going. All right. All right. Let's watch this film. Okay, so we are about 11 minutes and 22 seconds in. And by about, I mean exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 11 minutes, 22 seconds, and 14 micrometers or whatever the fuck. Micrometers? I don't know. Parsecs? Parsecs are a unit of time and not measurement. Milliseconds. They're both in Star Wars. Sorry. Anywho, so I really like the movie Solo. I think it got a lot of shit, but I I really like Solo. I'm one of the weird ones who like... All of the Star Wars movies, even when they're kind of shitty. Me too! That's like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm like, okay, you're twins of the Force? I dig it. All right. Yeah, like when epi- Why not? episode one is the worst, and it's like, as long as Jar Jar's not on the screen, I'm usually enjoying it. Yeah. Like, I think I could be convinced to watch them all from the beginning. Like, I think, I think that would be possible. Okay, anyway. So we're watching Repulsion. We're watching beautiful, young Catherine Deneuve. Young, beautiful lady. And the whole thing starts with a close-up of her eyeball. Yeah. That goes through, like, the, you know, the 60s when you have the long 
thing. Yeah, they about. had a lot of opening credit. Or a lot of opening credits, and it starts with her. She's staring off into the distance. She's supposed to be doing the nails of some rich lady, and she was asleep or yeah, something like just that. Just daydreaming, kind of. I think. Yeah, just daydreaming. She's been daydreaming a lot, and then there's a scene in which she... Um, <laughs> I don't know why this was important. She's looking for a particular color nail polish, and she can't find it. And so this woman pulls out another nail polish and says, Give her this. She will never know the difference. And I don't know. I feel like that's significant. I don't know. But anyway, she then looks at some fried fish. That looks gross. She's eating fish and chips for lunch. Yeah, it was an odd-looking fish and chips. It just looked very gross. I mean, and for a black-and-white movie to represent a meal so disgusting. <laughs> it looked like boiled fish and chips. Yeah, except it was breaded. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. And this handsome man comes up to her with a British accent. Dubbed, I think. Gosh. But um, this handsome man comes up to her and is like, come in, I'll take you to a fancy place. And she's like, no, I have to get home. And he's trying to convince her to, like come out with him yeah and wants him her to come to dinner tomorrow and he's saying what are you having for dinner she's like i think we're having a rabbit mm-hmm. my sister's cooking a rabbit yeah and he's like rabbits i thought they were all extinct <laughs> like what the fuck I anyway and then we got to see a skinned rabbit we got a mm-hmm. little see a little bit of her butt not that much of nipples oh uh, but she's wearing her slip basically and so but anyway she washes her feet in the sink and we get to see a skinned rabbit, and then my husband treated me to this information, which our darling cats are sleeping in the bed with us. Please tell me what you just fucking told me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's the basis of the term, you let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. Where butchers would steal stray cats mm-hmm. and skin them. Yeah. Because they look identical to skinned rabbits. They used to call cats roof rabbits. Yeah. Because they'd pull them off of roofs and they would skin them and hang them up next to the rabbits and no one would ever know the difference. It's so horrible. Loki is like currently moving the microphone. So if you hear some movement, it is him being uncomfortable with this. I'm uncomfortable Uh, too, Loki. But that's why they'd say you let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. You would tell on a butcher for selling cats. See, I I had known about, you know, the replacement of cats for meat and rats and stuff like that. But I didn't know specifically it was because it looks like a skin, like a rabbit, a skinned rabbit looks nothing like a rabbit. It looks like a freaking cat with it. has been it does, skinned. Yes. It does not look like a rabbit. And I am not okay with it. Because you're the identifying thing of a rabbit is the big bushy ears yeah. and stuff. But, but you would think like, I mean, you would think because it's like they look so rodent like, but and cats are so long and sinewy, but like. Rabbit feet, kind of like if you if yeah, you didn't if you, have yeah, you wouldn't know a rabbit foot from a cat leg. And when you like, and when you kill a rabbit, and it's no longer scrunched up like a little rabbit, and you mm. kind of just have it out. Literally, this woman has this rabbit out in her freaking refrigerator, like, and then she takes this skinned rabbit out with eye, head, and everything. It's all there, and she's just like talking to her sister. And, like, putting flour on it. Yeah. Like, on this dead rabbit. And I guess this... Was this normal? I don't know. I mean, I know yeah. the rape stuff is probably going to be bad. But this is pretty bad. <laughs> but it's also... I mean, I got to say, I'm really liking the total... Like, so Catherine Deneuve is being hit on pretty hardcore by this British dude. And he's like, oh, do you want to come out on Thursday? And she's just like, uh-huh. And then she, she doesn't say yes. She, she just, just makes walks a, away. She makes a non-committal noise and walks away. And he's like, hmm. And then he looks at some woman's butt. Sorry, could you say that again? Sorry, Siri. Sorry, I couldn't. Siri. 
Siri doesn't like me talking about men's sexism. What? That's what she just. That's, that had Siri nothing to like, do with men's sexism. That was a guy who was who looking didn't at someone's know. butt. Oh well, yeah, but yeah, that's not sexist. Anyway, should we keep so going? Ladies don't look at guys' butts. I'll look at your butt. Yeah, see. Yeah, there you go. All right, should we go? Yeah. I look at Loki's butt. Come here, Loki. We see your butt. Oh, okay. Let's go. Oh, I should stop recording, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna go get some beer. Men sure are crummy, aren't they? Yep. So we're at 26 minutes-ish. I didn't get to see what second. That's, it went that's away. what you get. But 26 minutes and a bit. Um, they oh. are late on rent, and John's bad. Oh, my God. So <laughs> she's so good at standing still yeah, that we thought it was paused. It's 26 <laughs> minutes and 34 seconds, and holy crap. Okay, so... Catherine Deneuve clearly is playing someone that's got some mental stuff. So she, you see her chewing her fingernails. She chews her hair when she's hearing her sister get laid. Yeah. Um, she uh, scratches her. now, But now it's a lot of it's more like showing. It's like she's scratching herself. Um, her, we know sister's going on a trip yep. to Italy because she's going to see the Leaning Tower Pisa with the guy that she's been seeing. Isn't he married? I don't know. Married man? Okay, I can't, I can't remember. But she's got a boyfriend that bones her. And he leaves a razor and a toothbrush at her house in a glass cup. And she did not like that. No. She moved it. She stares wistfully at the nuns next door. Yeah. Which makes me think, like, why not just go be a nun? If that's what you want to do. I don't know if that's what she wants to do. I think she just... That life looks ideal. It looks but. ideal, but also she's probably a bit too weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, weird mental illness, that kind of thing. Uh, you were mentioning about reflections in this so far. But yeah, he does a lot of reflection shots. Yeah, like, I mean, even, like, looking into her eye, we're kind of almost, we are, she's looking at a reflection yeah, so there's there. probably been about four shots of looking at somebody through the mirror or, yeah, or we've a just, teapot. She was just looking for her coworker Bridget, who was crying over a man who thought this man was different. They're all different, right? They're all different. And I was just thinking, like, I was talking to a friend of mine about, dating in our 20s and being run over by all these men we were dating that just didn't want like they basically like at the time both of us were kind of being a little bit more nostalgic and nice about it thinking not that we wanted to be with these men but that clearly they didn't they were not ready for a relationship and so even if they said they were or even if like we thought they might be um, and I wonder how much of that is true also for the 60s. Because what I have been learning about is a little bit more about Edwardian um, relationships and, and, and relationships in the Regency era and like the 1800s in England and in Europe where there's just quite literally because of war and because of other reasons, there's just fewer men than and there are about. women in general, right? So there's fewer men on the on the docket for for marrying because of... Just like the fact that the the ones that are marriageable don't want to get married because they just want to bone, and otherwise a few of them a lot a lot of men in that generation died due to war and other things, and it's just interesting. No men ever like misconstrued their intentions to get laid. No, of course not. <laughs> Why would happened. they do such a thing? Ridiculous. We're just talking though about like our our house, my house, my first house that I got an offer on today. 
And it's kind of sad because that's the house that I fell in love with you at. Oh, that's not what you said. That's not what I said, but my sister-in-law, my sisters listen to this podcast. <laughs> Charlene, that's where we boned. Don't tell anyone. It's just for you, Charlene. You already, she already knew. She's already heard some things. Oh, no. Oh, no. All good things. That's the part where I freaked out because the COVID pandemic started. Remember when I got really sick and you brought me groceries? That was really early on. And you're like, I don't think I can actually come in. I don't want to get my kids sick, but you brought me groceries. Mm-hmm. And then you just started buying me groceries. I don't, do you remember that? Because, oh. like, I was having total fucking panic was meltdowns. Was it all a ruse? Just because, no. Yeah, because then it's like, I moved in with you. It's even better because you just always, like, I literally, I went to the, the, the um, co-op. It's the, we call it the hippie grocery store. I went there today because I've been getting you sandwiches as, like, like you know, little offerings to my to my um, muse uh, who, who makes me everything. But I, I went there and she's like, oh, it's membership month today. And we just got a membership there. She's like, and you can get 10% off of one grocery shop this week. And would you like it to be this one? And I was like, oh, no, my husband does that, darling. I'm just getting the sandwiches. And I got a baguette for dinner because that's the extent. I, I buy us sandwiches and I buy baguettes <laughs> and wine. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, it was a sweet time. And it's very nostalgic, but it's not like we li- ever lived there together with the kids. It's just. No. But I was in that attic again, and that could have worked. We could have made it. If we had, like, two fewer kids. Yeah, but, well, everything works out now. It does. We have a great house. I love this house. And the third floor with the two kids. Yeah, we've got a third floor of our house that has two giant rooms for two kids. Well, one giant room and one medium room. Well, I mean, Christian's room is a fair size. It's just a small, a short ceiling. Well, I'm glad he didn't get a bigger room because he can't keep the little one clean. I know, and he's not supposed to be eating up there, and yet there's so much trash because he eats up there. He's in a lot of trouble right now. Yeah. I liked that he was honest about his excuse on why he did it. Oh, I finally got his excuse out. He's like, I didn't think I'd get caught. And if I got uh, caught, I didn't think I'd get in trouble. That's 100% honest. Oh, little buddy. I just... He's just... It's adorable. (laughs) And that's the problem. It's like, I could be mad. I'm mad, but I'm also, like, impressed and find it adorable. Yes. Um, Yeah. So... And I've been, unfortunately, a little bit harsher with the kids because my... Hormones are not letting me do that. And thank you for opening a can on live television. Ah, Sound of America. Live television, John. That's what I just said. I know. You're always wrong adjacent. That was a couple adjacent. Yeah, it's not live, but it's not television. It's not live. It's not television. Um, And usually I say filming, but television is something else entirely. That's videoing. Anyway, this movie is pretty good. I mean, it's not bad, but we haven't gotten to the mini rape scenes because... Sister hasn't left, but we do know... Okay, so there's the man... Here's of the men that we've seen. There's the man that took her out for... That wants to take her out to dinner. Yep. There's the sister's boyfriend. Yep. And there's also the man from the phone, because she has to bring the rent to the landlord. Yeah. They're late on rent. And the woman... As a landlord myself, I love this line... Where the sister says, oh, this man, all he wants to care about is money, money, money. It's like, yeah, because you owe him money. It's easy not to care about money when you're not the one that is being owed money. (laughs) Um, And I'm so excited to not be a landlord anymore. It's like two months and I won't be a landlord. Yay. Yay. Okay. Should we keep going? Yeah. All right. Let's go. John, it's 33 minutes and 44 seconds in and we got our first bitch. 
Yeah, one more to go. One more to go. I'm, I hope we didn't miss the first one. We might have. Was, that some, one was pretty subtle. We have seen some people that have been speaking in something that does not seem like a language at all. <laughs> because it's, it's Jamie Taco. It's Jamie Taco. No, they're all... <laughs> they're all... Jeez. Uh, um, that was an I Think You Should Leave reference about the best wife ever. Yep. Right? Yeah, you'd help me if I freaked out about Jamie Taco. I would help you. I would beat Jamie Taco's ass. No. No, I'm sorry. I'm being very violent today. Um, so basically, our, our what's her? I don't know if she has a name. She must have a name. But our blonde woman, Catherine Deneuve, let's just call her that. Let's call her name. Deneuve. Uh, she uh, actually, so the guy that met her at the fish place and wanted her to go on a date, all he's like, 7 o'clock at this place down the street. And she didn't say anything. Yeah. She just turned, huh? And she and she just makes this guttural sound and leaves. Yeah. And so she was actually on her way to the date. Yeah. And we didn't realize it because we were very entranced by a discussion about her hair. <laughs> yeah. Because you think that it's prescient a no. little bit for the 1970s. I don't know what that means. Prescient. It's like seeing to the future. I it's like, like Prussia. No, no I'm I think about she Prussia. was. A, I think she was a trendsetter. That's my. Thought. I think so too, but I also think that she's kind of got her hair is just down, like she's got bangs so that she could see, and her hair is down. Uh, well, All I'm, she does is brush her hair. I'm guessing they wanted to make her look pretty, yet like she didn't try hard. She's not trying hard. She is um, got a girlish thing going on. Like she's looking at nuns. She doesn't want to emphasize her femininity when all the women around her have short hair. They have short, cute bobs. And she's got long hair like a little girl that she wears down. Now, yeah. and I think that the same hairstyle that she currently has will become popular like three years from this date. Yeah. But I think that, I feel like that's kind of the point. Like you see her nightgowns are high necks, they've got sleeves, they're, they're billowy and white. Right? Yeah, well, I noticed when that guy was touching her, she had no exposed skin. Yeah. She even had gloves on. Yeah. Oh, the interesting. So, like, she doesn't buy anybody touching her skin. No, exactly. And so, like, she's in her... There's a lot of people that keep almost touching her. Um, she she goes to this date, even though she didn't want to. Well, she didn't go to the date. She didn't go to the date, but she is sitting on a park bench looking at a crack. Because she was on her way, and then she stopped at the crack and just stared at it. I guess for hours, because the guy has been waiting for her for over an hour, comes out and he sees her across the street at a park bench. Yeah. And he steps on the crack. Yeah, very symbolic of, like, he's, like... Totally not. Like, breaking her rules of, up, you know, bringing about upheaval in her And life. so he's like, well, let's go eat. And she's like, I'm not feeling... You actually caught this. Yeah. It sounded like she was going to say not feeling good, but she just stopped and said, I'm not feeling. And that's... The girl that's staring off into the distance, looking at cracks in the ground. Um, and I wonder if... Uh, so, Sartre had this text called Nausea. Uh, le nausea. There we go. Nausea by Sartre. came out in 1938. Um, and, and in it, like, you have this scene where it's like... An, it's an existentialist text. This is a French... Totally French thing that's happening right now. Um, but, like... Like in it, he looks at a log and he's talking about like seeing this log and like the putrescence of it and seeing the nothingness of existence and the meaninglessness of existence and this like putrescence of the log. And I'm getting this vibe a little bit from her looking at this crack and being nothing and seeing nothing. Nothing is meaning. Meanwhile, 
this guy is like running after her. He really wants something to happen. He's out with his friends at a pub waiting for her, talking about some gross sex thing that a friend of his is talking about, like in getting beaten up by his cousin, the black belt. And like his friends are like, oh, have you seen the little Miss Muffet or whatever? And like, and he's like, where is she? She didn't show up in time. Comes out and sees her. And then is like, okay, I'll take you home. They get home. She's staring into nothingness. Yeah. And he tries to kiss her. She doesn't. But then she turns to him. So he kisses her. Yeah. And she is staring blankly. His day would have been so much more enjoyable if he would have just stayed at the bar. I know. Like, she didn't show up. You just keep drinking with just, your friends. Yeah, sounds way better. Yeah, I have some pub crackers and go home and watch... Well, you're not going to watch a movie. You're going to read a book and listen to the radio or some well, shit. they had and TV like, in 65. Yeah, but you wouldn't have watched a movie. Yeah, like, you would. No, you don't have a VHS. There's no VHS oh, in 1965. movie on broadcast. There's no Netflix. Man, it's just like... It's pretty wild that she's being kissed. Totally blank face. I gotta say, this... Uh, Catherine Deneuve... I knew that I, you know, like the other things you know of her, like fantastic actress. She's not coming up in this show and in this podcast, but fuck, is she a good actress? She's playing this character pretty well of like, if she just like a... horror, but also like trying to pretend she's not in this situation. Yeah, if she has a personality at all, she's acting very well here because this lady has nothing, just dead behind the eyes. <sighs> she's dead behind the eyes, but I feel like there's something there and you kind of see it in what she's looking at with the nuns and like so, like how uncomfortable she is. Like she wants to help her friend that's crying. Like her friend is crying, the she, friend crying she in the She looks just like me trying to help someone who's crying. Oh, that's not what you look like when yeah, I cry, cause, baby. Because she just like had her hands in her pocket and tried to walk in the other direction. And I'm like, yeah, if I come across someone crying, it's like, uh... That's not what you do when I cry. Stop crying. Well, <laughs> kind of. I don't really cry that often around you. Lately, I've been crying yeah. a lot more. I don't. I think that's like the first time I've cried. I'm trying to think if I cried in front of you in the first miscarriage. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, it's not like the first time you cried in front of me either, but... Well, I did have my meltdown in my beautiful old house, and I then I was like, I think I should take medication for this. <laughs> I, I'm so horrible that every time, like, I hug someone who's crying, I always do the there, there, there. There, there. And in my head, I'm thinking, that's all three grammatical theirs. <laughs> that's good to know that that's what you're thinking about when when I had my miscarriage in the hospital. Is that what you were thinking? Not that, like, not grammatic- that time. Not at that point. Okay. The kid wants drugs. We got to pause and then watch more movie, huh? Yep. All right. Come on, kid. Take take your drugs. We had our first imaginary rape. Yep. Which? Well, Well, we know she... I don't know if we can say it's imaginary, of course, but she's definitely hallucinating now. Yeah, so it's 54 minutes and 21 seconds. One of the men that I, you know, I was mentioning the men that she's seen. One of them is a, um, is a guy working on the street that she saw in like the first couple scenes, like of her walking down the street. She saw him, he was speaking gibberish or something and every, and, and at a particular work site. Yeah. And then the other time she passed that site, he wasn't there. No, it was completely empty of people. Yeah. It's completely empty. So she might've hallucinated him the first time even. Yeah. And so basically... She, her sister's gone off to Italy. She's alone. 
She went to work the first day, but went catatonic, so they sent her home. They even offered to pay for a taxi for her. So she got home and just, like, saw someone in the mirror, which is yeah. that great horror movie thing of, like, closing the mirror. I gotta yeah. say, it's like... Roman Polanski figured out how to like shoot in the mirror and like that's what he wants to do in this movie to show how good he is. A lot of mirrors. It's hard to do, but it's like like look how good I am at shooting in mirrors. I was like it's impressive or whatever. Rapist. He's a child rapist. Anyway, so so but anyway, so she is like not well and she's doing the things that at this time period that they thought crazy people did of like the type of ticks that they do. Well they actually do though. Yeah, they actually do, a lot of them. Um, but she is, um, she doesn't like to be touched. Yeah. And she's imagining men. So she has put a wardrobe in front of one of the doors in the house. It's the door that goes to her sister's room. So I guess her sister's bedroom, there's a door that goes between them. Well, that's where she saw the man in the mirror. Too. Yes, and so she's put this thing. She's also put newspaper down on her sister's bed and on her sister's nightstand. Because that's very normal to do. Because a man touched those. A man touched them. She also has found a new bedspread. And she also has taken her um, sister's boyfriend's, like, undershirt that she found in the bathroom and that's... smelled and freaked out and threw up. She's It's hanging on her bedstand, bedside. She's got, like, a metal bed frame. It's hanging on it. And then, I guess, I assume it's imagined. It's done without. It's just the ticking of a clock. And a man pushes through the wardrobe from her sister's bedroom. Very easily. And it's the first man that she saw in the movie, it, which is the the guy from the street. I'm, I'm glad you remember that because I did not recognize Yeah, I, I thought about it after like I was naming the men, and this is one of them. Because I thought about it as she was passing. She was looking at the area that he she saw him at. Um, and because he's wearing the same kerchief around his neck. Okay. It's just like a guy that was either working on the street or something like that that was saying a bunch of nonsense words to her. And he grabs her, pulls up her nightgown, and you see her. It's all about her and her face and her grabbing the shirt of her sister's boyfriend. Yeah. That she weirdly smelled earlier and then threw up afterwards. Um, and now the phone is rung and she's crawled. Her hair is a bit askew. And by the way, I've looked up hair stuff. Okay. So this is going on. So we had our first thing. We still have like 40, we have 50 minutes left of, yes. of rape, of rape imaginations. But I just wanted to give a shout that out to- That sounds like the worst band name ever, 50 Minutes of Rape. Uh, 50, rape, 50 <laughs> Minutes of Rape Imaginations, maybe? Imagination so Dragons. Morgan Donner on YouTube, who has 328,000 subscribers. So. She used to have very long hair. And she recently did on, I actually can pull it, uh, 500 Years of Haircuts. It's a 44 minute, 45 minute YouTube video from eight months ago. Fantastic video. And so she starts with her very long hair because it went down to her ass basically. And um, in it, she talks about how hairstyles change over the last 500 years in the West, especially with a focus on England, because that's like her focus. And she does like a bunch of like um, dresses and stuff like that. It's a very particular YouTube scenario. Anyway, so she um, she goes from like this long hair in the in, from 500 years ago to the shaved haircut from COVID that a lot of women did. I didn't shave my head. I did cut all my hair off. I and did. You did. But you've been shaving your hair for a while. But she's doing lady <laughs> hair. 
Anyway, one thing that she talks about in this video is how in women's hairstyles, usually what happens over decades is it gets really big and then it gets really simplified and then it gets really big and then it gets really simplified. And you can see this in the 60s. And, and this is what I was thinking about. In the 60s, like you get the oh, shorter the, bouffants, the beehives, the beehives that, that get really, really big. But then in the, a lot of like the late 60s and early 70s, it's like the smaller hair, right? And so what we hear, see here in 65 is like this person's hair is not a stylized hair because the style is the big, yeah. like you mentioned right away. And she's just got bangs and long hair that she does nothing to besides sometimes she brushes it with her sister's hairbrush. Yeah. But in this context, she looked way ahead of her time. Yeah, she looks ahead of her time. <laughs> Because she has a lot of body to her hair, and in like eight years, in like two and a half years, three years, bigger hair. Like Farrah Fawcett would have Farrah loved Fawcett. Her hair. But her hair just has bangs and is one length. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not layered. And the Farrah Fawcett hair you're thinking of is layered. Now it's Catherine Dunnoff's hair, isn't it? Huh? It's feathered, right? Feathered, but that's just a lot of hair, a lot of layers. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I just remember. It's like you know how my hair now has layers. Because I got a haircut and it has layers in it. I don't know what that means. You got a haircut. I don't know what layers are. I love you. I love you too. My hair has one layer. It has one layer. Stubble. And I do need to shave it again. Because I, yeah. like, I feel like we need to... So John's hair grew out a lot. Yeah, I look like a mad scientist. It was wonderful and I liked it because it was a handle for my hands. Yeah, Hi, Charlene. Looked anyway. <laughs> Or Sarah, I don't know if Sarah's cut up. Sarah's uh, Sarah, Dr. Sarah, dentist Sarah, um, is cut up or not on the podcast, but hello if you're there. And I'm not sorry, Sarah, you've heard worse from me before. Sarah got to have a uh, very special conversation on her wedding night from me. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine what it was? Is there no, a cat under my foot? Loki, hi. What are you doing under there? Anyway, Loki is like right by my foot. And should we continue watching yeah, the program? Because we're barely halfway through and we're... I'm having a great time. I... It's good. It's going to be long. Oh, my God. Yes. I just looked at the time of the podcast. Okay. We're going to be fine. It's... Hi, Char. Hi, Charlene. This is what you asked for. One oh nine thirty two. You just said the funniest thing. What was well, her response? It was perfect. It was, it was the appropriate response. So this fucking guy, this British guy, has been yearning for her. Carol, her name is. Yes, but she has done zero to make to make it seem like she's okay with. When he asks for a date, first of all, he comes to her. Like, he sees her eating lunch. He clearly knows her from before this movie, right? Sees her eating lunch alone. Baby. Comes to lunch alone. Because he sees her. He's like, oh, hey, how are you? Or whatever. And she's like, oh, hello. And he's like, well, don't eat this. Eat with me. She's like, oh, no, I can't. And he insists he go on a date. She tries to make it to the date, but is obsessed with a crack in the wall, in the, in the ground, that he doesn't see or doesn't care about. And then, like, tries to kiss her, and she's doesn't move her mouth and also her eyes are open like a crazy person the whole time then he keeps calling her and shows up at her house and okay is there a dead rabbit with no head in on top of the phone books does not matter 
Is the did the rent get paid? It did not. Is the house probably a mess? Yes. Is she going insane? Also, yes. Mm-hmm. Does it matter for no. consent? Absolutely not. Oh. Shows up to her house and is like he's like he's like I can see you at the door and he's she's looking at him through the people. And yeah, cable like, guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break in, and she's like, no. And she and she's like, no. And he's like, oh, I heard something. Yeah. And then he breaks into her fucking house. There is like four locks on there, and she's already scared. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know what it is. And it's, she literally said no. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know what it is. I just want to be with you. And literally, with all of her body comportment, her eyes, and her fucking words, she has said no. And then this whole time he's like telling this woman, telling her how much he loves her. Not even how much he just wants to be with her. And yeah, his he friends say he loves her. He just wants to have sex. With he her. wants to fuck her. And his friends were all telling her how he's going to do it. But he didn't like that because does he like her? Who knows? I don't know. What would he like about her? I don't know if we're supposed to actually root for this fucking guy. No. Because I feel like we're supposed to because his friends were like, "We'll help you force her to have sex with you," and he was like, "No," and he fought his friends. And but that makes him less slightly no. less creepy than the average British guy. But like But no. Yeah, it's just absolutely bananas. And so anyway, this woman who we've seen a few times, which is her neighbor, and she has some dogs that she takes on a walk. Um, she's standing in the hallway watching what's happening. After but he broke down the after door. After he broke down the door, she's there. And being a pretty good fucking neighbor because she's watching what this nonsense is. Yeah. She's in a nightgown nipples out and it's like well akimbo anyway like it's see-through this is the scene where you could see her butt a little yeah. bit and her nipples a little bit but not really and i would not have been noticing it if it wasn't i wouldn't notice anyway so like i wouldn't have noticed unless both you and the imdb yeah and i was like wanting to point it out because of imdb but anyway she, she has like a fucking lamp shade a no, lamp it's a candlestick a holder. candlestick holder olden timey one a big one shit. you know in the in the library in her hand and he's seen it the whole time but he's telling her how much he loves her the neighbor is looking and he's like I just can't I don't understand what I it's just, I just want to be with you all the time she clearly doesn't want to be with him he goes to the fucking front door and slams it shut because the neighbor is watching yep and as we're watching his perspective through the peephole boom boom blood spattering on the door we paused at um, her, like she's, we, you see him watching her, you're kind of from his perspective as she hits him with the the, with the, st- the stick and blood's coming up and you get the first kind of hint of a personality as she's happy to be killing him and he fucking deserves it. Yeah, it's a perfect reaction. And I'm just wondering in the 60s, were we supposed to be rooting for this guy? Because Jesus, she literally said no before he broke open the door. You got a Rivers Kitty. Hi, Rivers. You're going to try and get away? You can't get away from us. Oh, no. She got away from us. Give me that tail, though. I want it. She's coming back. You see? She... Nah. I wonder if that registered. She has the quietest little meow. I bet it did come. She... It's not quiet. She really likes when I'm teaching because she'll come up to the camera and shove her whole butthole to the camera and go... And crawl on my face. I think that's why I do so well in my teaching evaluations, is because mostly rivers. Okay, let's stop hitting the microphone, huh, bud? But anyway, so I think you called it that this guy, he kind of had it coming. Yeah. 
I it's think like, that's the appropriate response to a guy breaking into your house trying to have sex with you. Yeah, and it's like, and he's saying that he just has to have you and slamming the door shut behind him. He's never been in your house. You've never been on a date. You barely know this man. Yeah. And I, but I get the feeling that we're supposed to, as an audience, um, kind of be on his side a little nope, bit. Not one I don't know. I'm not. I'm just wondering if in the 60s we were supposed to be. I wish if there's anyone from the 60s that was alive in the 60s that watched this movie that could tell us what we're supposed to feel in that moment, except for glee that this bitch got that, what she needed. Yeah, I think rapey McRakeface deserved to get hit in the head with a candlestick. <laughs> um, it is an, an hour, nine minutes, 32 seconds in. We've got less. five minutes. 35 minutes left, and I'm excited. Let's go. Okay, John. Yeah. I'm honestly kind of into it. I mean, famous rapist Roman Polanski has created a very wonderful movie in which... Okay, so like... To take a step back, so she has murdered the guy that wanted to date her... Yep. That was also kind of fucking coming. He tried to he lock her into, into the par- her house. And then tried to lock her in with him. Yeah. And so she kills him, puts him in the bathtub. Very strong for a crazy lady. Um, goes crazy. And there's these really beautiful scenes of, like, she's seeing the house as huge now. Because in real life, we see everything's kind of closer together. It's nice, but it's closer together. Mm-hmm. Like, even this fireplace we're seeing in the scene right now looks huge. But it was smaller before, you know? Um, but anyway, so she um, is crazy. She she imagines her sister's boyfriend raping her next. That's what she imagined the previous but it's night. It's like her imaginary rapist yeah. actually do the job. Yeah, the real rapists don't get murdered before. Yeah, fuck yes. And so basically, she imagines her sister. So the first imagination, and you could tell it's kind of like a dreamland. The, with the stuff that's going well, on, because people that couldn't be there, and she's already in there. bed, and she in the in the how could they be there? He's in Italy. Yeah. Um, she's gotten a she gets a postcard from her sister, and the postcard says, "Do you remember? Did you remember to pay rent?" She has barricaded herself into the house. Now, this was one thing though that's like, is she imagining this just because she got the postcard that told her, "Did you remember to pay rent?" Anyway, in theory, the guy comes over. The, the landlord comes over and tries to, you know, he's angry, wants to get the rent. And, like, she gives him the rent, but she's in a fucking nightgown. She looks batshit insane. He sees the dead rabbit, and he's like, oh, into the inn with you. And at first, and you and I were both talking, like, is this him being nice because she's clearly a... Unhinged. It seemed like it a little bit, but then he would make like, little comments. And then it's like, oh, no, no, this is just creepy bullshit. But this is, like, what it's like... To be a woman in patriarchy. Don't I know it. <laughs> yeah, because basically it's like, is this person being nice to me or are they going to rape me or try to anyway? Both. She's got this fucking symbolism of the patriarchy, a men's razor that her sh- sister's shitty boyfriend kept putting in her goddamn drinking glass he would put his toothbrush and his razor in her drinking glass, and she hated it, and she threw it away, and she got in trouble for it, and she's got this fucking razor. She used it to cut off the head of this goddamn rabbit and put it in her purse for some reason, and now she's using it to slice open 
the landlord that has tried to rape her. He literally was on top of her. Now, again, it looks more real than the dream ones, but it could yeah. all be fake because she got a postcard that said it. It's an hour and 29 minutes in. She's got two bodies down. She's covered in blood. I'm curious to know what happens next. Yeah. 15 minutes Who to go. I thought Roman Polanski would, would uh, write such a woman power movie. I know. I was actually thinking that when... Um, when we had the scene of the woman crying about about her boyfriend being a jerk. Yep. And I just thought, like, that's pretty nice to see how shitty men can be in a movie. And then later there's kind of some scenes that are played to the horror of this lady where it's like, it's shown that it's like, oh, he called me later. Men always come crawling back. Yep. That kind Roman of thing. Roman Polanski, a hero for women. Hero for women. Okay. Should we go? Yep. All right. Catherine Deneuve is the hero for women. Boy, John B. She dead or alive? I she's alive, but ba- man, that was bad. She didn't say, and that was fantastic. So she's been alone in her apartment this whole time. Yeah. I don't know how long this vacation was, but it ended with two men dead. Yeah, a lot what? of fries and potatoes. A lot of like the potatoes were like grown out, which is kind of weird because like. They were out. They would have to have been gone for like a month. To yeah, have but I don't think they were. But they were gone long enough for her to get a postcard. From France in 1965. No, yeah, from or Italy. Italy. Italy, that's right. Where's Pisa, honey? I know where Pisa is. I know, but it would have been only a couple of days to send a postcard to like, even from Italy. 1965? I think it would have been pretty fast. Not a couple of days. I had a really nice conversation with one of my um, history colleagues at Finlandia when I was there about... Um, I was reading Jane Eyre again, uh, and I was like, how could she have gotten a doc... Like, she had written her uncle in Madeira, and I couldn't understand how fast the the turnaround was in the communication. And so he helped me, He helped me, and he looked up, like, the frigate speeds and how fast the post ships were back then. And it was kind of fun to see, actually, like, why this was possible. It was something yeah. I'd always kind of wondered. Uh, but anyway... Um, yeah, Carol um, wasn't okay. She was she fine, under yeah. her sister's bed. Yeah. Um, her sister gets home with her boy toy, sees the dead body in the... She saw the one in the living room they and seem, the one in the bathroom. They seem to ignore the one in the living room. Yeah, over, the, best over part, okay, the best part is she sees the feet in the living room, sees the bathroom mess, which is like probably the more fantastical one. The boyfriend comes in and smacks her a bunch of times because she's catatonic. Because that's like, what you do with women in yeah, the Yeah, it's 60s. like when they're crazy, it's just, oh, this woman's upset, so I'll smack her a bunch of times. And so then he has her sit in the bed, doesn't check the room, just throws her in her bedroom and says, I'll be back, because he needs to make a phone call. Meanwhile, like, so basically he goes to make a phone call, and, like, all of the neighbors, we've only seen one neighbor this whole fucking time. Yeah. There's suddenly 20 extras and they're all coming in there to say, like, what's happening? And they move the bed, and they see her. No one touch her. And this interesting says, sit down and do artificial respiration. Don't touch her. You're not supposed to touch her. And meanwhile, this guy that's a thousand years old comes into the house, goes into the living room, sees the landlord under there, and then turns the light off and leaves. Fucking, he's got it right. And then now the uh, the boyfriend the the sister's boyfriend comes scoops her up and runs off with her and you get to this point where he's looking at her longingly 
I think and she's alive. I think she's alive and she's doing her like catatonic thing. Yeah, well, that's how I she think lives she's, her life. She's only been eating crackers and heads of rabbits <laughs> for the last like whether it's been a couple of, I mean the, there was a plant that was on the windowsill of that was on um so basically there's a picture of the mother that I mentioned to you like early on. There was a plant next to her and to show that time has passed, the plant has died. Because she's not watered it while her sister's been gone. Yeah, it's... They make it seem like it's much longer than it probably was. I mean, she was definitely right to kill the landlord because he was about to rape her. And the guy who came into her house. Yeah, and I think... I feel like the guy who came in the house, I feel like there must have been... There's a little bit of sympathy that they're trying to make us get for him, but he is a creep that won't take no for an answer. He broke into her apartment. He broke into her apartment, and also, every single bit of her, like... Her physical look and her, like, nonverbal cues was absolutely not. And her verbal cues were also no. If I was a single guy trying to date her, that first meeting would have mm-hmm. been, like, I'm, I'm not even Where she's just staring. Yeah, where she's like, I don't want to go for dinner with you. I'm going to grunt when I ask My you My sister out. is making rabbit. Yeah, well, fuck off then. That's fine. And it's like, we don't need to, this fucking thing with the rabbit. I don't know if there's say some... No. Is there was there a rabbit shortage? There was a I don't know, but that rabbit was like it was gross. That was a main character in the film. I know, like who just makes okay, so nineteen sixty five repulsion. Do you recommend people to watch? I do. I do too. I feel bad because it's Roman Polanski, and he's a rapist. But man, that's two rape movies by him. Oh boy! I mean, I would say that. Coming in knowing that there's going to be rape scenes, but the rape scenes are fictional within they're very, the fiction. They're very subdued, too. Yeah. There wasn't sub- a main part of the movie. No, and, a par- and you can tell that the actual rape scenes are a dream sequence kind of thing, a hallucination. Yeah, when it actually does happen, she gets the step she up. She fucking just, murders the guy. It's great. Good for her. Yeah. So I would say that, um, I mean, he's a good filmmaker. He's also a rapist of children, so... <sighs> It is what it is. So, um, tell me about what we're watching next. Well, now we get to spin the wheel of... Yay! Remake. The remake wheel! Remake, reboot, or sequel. Can I press a button? Um, yes, you can. If Once I can you have get it. it. What is it? It was a dynamo. I bet it looks like you had it ready and then it got weird. Bing! I wonder what it's going to be. I don't know. I think it's going to be wrong turn. Psycho! The psycho... Okay, so well, there is a Psycho two, correct? There is a Psycho two and a Psycho three, and I've seen them both. Well, I think I wanted to go chronological. Yes. So Psycho two comes before the remake. Can we find it? Is the question. Well, I will on look. streaming will because um, I have seen Psycho two. I think there's a Psycho three. Um, I saw it at Nana's house with Nana. I also saw Psycho one with Nana, or okay. the remake of Psycho as well. Yes, we can watch. Oh Psycho hell yeah, 2. we can rent it. Starring Anthony Perkins. Yeah. He makes wow. a horrific homecoming as the infamed Norman Bates and Meg Tilly and Dennis Friends co-star in the terrifying sequel. It is actually on sale. Too. It's got that guy in it. We'll probably have to record this in a reasonable time manner because otherwise we won't. And also, someone currently doesn't have anything to do because she is off of work for two months. I have. Two more uh, presentations and, then and night, I'm night on forever. summer vacation. And then you're on summer vacation. What was your brew's brew? 
Oh, I had three different brews tonight. You had three brews? I had um, from Black Rocks in Marquette, yeah. Michigan. Yeah. The Fruit Noops, <laughs> New England IPA. Yeah. And then I also had from Oddside. Yeah. In uh, also in Michigan. Yeah. The Juicy Smalls. Nice. Which is a session New England. IPA. Which was the best? I don't know. Mm. You're I also had a Shorts Brew Uber Goober. Shorts Brew is a local-ish brewery, right? That's another one in downstate Michigan. And I gotta say, I like Shorts. They've got a lot of good stuff. No, I did hand you my bottle of wine I was drinking at some point. Do you still have that over there? I do have okay. that. My Brewers Brew is a bottle of Riojana Argentina Malbec Reserva. So this is the reserve wine, which means that it's like special grapes or whatever. Um, I've been drinking this... Um, this is interesting because it's from the Rioja region, and I like a Rioja wine, but this is a Malbec from Rioja, and there's like a Rioja grape that's really good, and it's like a whole thing. It's really good. It's from the hippie grocery store. It's actually I, from Argentina and yep. imported from Manahasset. And it's like organic and shit, but it is $9.99 at the hippie grocery store, which we finally got a, we became members of, so next time I can buy six bottles at 6% off. Something about the devil. Should we watch this preview? It's got the actual guy from Psycho in it. Yeah. Well, what I was going to do is pull this up on the TV because I am fancy like that. You're so fancy. And I found that the Psycho 2 trailer is on. Well, while you do that, what was your grossest corner? Uh, there was absolutely nothing gross in this movie. You don't think that the guy coming in and, like, breaking in was kind of gross? I feel like Uh, you have to do, like, not just physical gross, but just, like, ugh. Yeah, like well, yuck. the whole, all the guys, well, the, the landlord was the most yick. So you found the landlord, because the landlord was taking care of her until he tried to rape her, but there were some scenes there that were just like, that's uh. A, that's a person of power. Yeah. That, that's more yuck. I found the yuck of like, like, oh, I just can't, I just must like you and stuff, but I'm going to slam the door so that no one can, no one can hear me talk to you and alone in your, in your nightgown. Okay. Well, here comes the Psycho 2 trailer. Psycho 2 trailer. We're going to watch it. We've got it on the website. Oh, he's being... I did not know Norman this Bates. existed. Yeah, I've... This is one of the few beautiful times where I've actually seen something you haven't. It's 1983. This is like... Oh, man. There, it's the pardoning of the dude from Norman, Psycho. Norman Bates. Yeah, and it's in color. We're seeing scenes from the Hitchcock original. Who did this film? He's sane, and so he's being released. He's gone back to the Bates Motel. I own a motel not too far He still owns the motel. How nice. Oh, he's back in there, and he's probably fine. Who is this? My mother is dead. My mother is dead. She's back, everybody. Oh, She's murdering. It was written by Tom Holland. Who's that? I don't know, but definitely not the one from uh, Spider-Man. Definitely. De- wait. Holy was shit. It? Anthony Perkins, Robert Loja, and Meg Tilly are in this? Yeah. Couldn't be your mother. How did I have never seen this? I don't know, but I've seen it. Uh, I feel very good about myself right now. But yeah, it's got the original guy from uh, from Psycho in it. Yeah, it's Anthony great. Perkins. And I don't think he wants his mother to win. No, 
It's like a lot. Of, I mean, it's much later. When did this come out? 1983? And the original yep. came out in like, what, 1960? 1960, yes. Wow. This came out 23 years later. It's re- that's why it looks so good. Holy so, fuck. He did Phantasm. His mother kept calling him. He directed Phantasm. He did? Yeah. Tom Holland? No, Richard Franklin. The director of this? Okay. Yeah. Let's pause it. Obviously, we're excited to watch Psycho 2. Yeah. Um, I'm also very excited to see something that you have. Like, I've seen this drama. Because well, I, love- I did see, like, the, the remake of Psycho, and then I watched all the other Psychos I can get my hand on. Well, I love Meg Tilly and Robert Loggia. Yeah? Yeah. I might have watched Psycho 2 as a Rift Tracks. I wonder if Psycho 2 is a Rift Tracks. Will you look that up? Just, like, put Rift Tracks in there. Rift Tracks. Rift Track is really good. Have you seen many of those? Yeah, I've seen enough. There's one called Bird Dimmit. There is. Okay, I've seen it on Rift Tracks. That's, uh, that, that I've seen. Um, and boy, howdy, I'm excited to see you this with you. you it was a Psycho 3? I think so. Because I think in Psycho there 3... There is a goddamn Psycho In Psycho 3, 3 they make him crazy. Anthony Perkins Yeah, is he's in it again. So we have, we'll have to go from Psycho 2 to Psycho 3. And then do the remake. To the horrible Vince Vaughn remake. Yes. Can you imagine doing, let's do a Shot for Shot remake, except have Vince Vaughn masturbate. And Anne Heche's butthole. And Anne Heche's butthole. And Juliana Margulies, what's her name? Julian Moore, for some reason, is the only one not in vintage costumes. Everyone else is dressed like they did. Anyway, we'll get into this. Um, I was really excited to do this again with you, John, and we'll have the next one out at a normal time. This time, it's a promise, because I no longer have five jobs, and also, um, I don't have any excuses. I can just be sad, but still do the podcast. Okay, I'm kind of excited to watch Goddamn Psycho 2, because I love the Bates Motel, the uh, TV series that yeah. came out later. Oh, this is terrible. This oh. is not good. Just so it, you know, it has but it's ratings. it's kind of fantastic in a horrible way. It has, but it both a, of them are ridiculous. It made fourteen million at the box office. What has a sixty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes? What? Wow, that's pretty impressive. Oh wait a minute, that was Psycho Three. That's Psycho Three. Let's look I saw at on Psycho Psycho Two. Wow, I love being able to rock my husband's mind. Psycho 2 has a 60% wow, on Wow, it's going to be so much better than the third one. Wow. Does I it am, say how much it made? Is it all the way in the bottom or something? Well, if I go to Wikipedia, it usually has it on I mean, the we're gonna. It had a budget of $5 million. 34.7 wow, holy crap. It's it going to be good. Success. Huge success. I'm excited. You're excited. We're going to have a great time. And everybody, we're happy to be back. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And uh, what are the last two things we need to do? Holy fuck, it's been a long time. Stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye.
The intro and outro of our podcast is Fire and Ice Rock Mix by Stefan Kartenberg. Copyright 2017. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License. Thank you, Stefan.